friends. Hi! And I'm ready for this. Welcome back. Yeah! It's episode 50. Woo-woo! Can oh you God. believe it? I can't. That's crazy. It feels like just yesterday, we sat down here for the first time. And we had bad audio. Yes, very <laughs> bad. I was... Um, a listener messaged us today and said that she had just started listening and she's already through the first 15 episodes in the first day. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, she listened through the first episode with the terrible audio. She binged? And yeah, she's a binger and I'm we're excited. Um, she also said she's going to be sharing some stories because her daughter is attuned with the other side. Oh, so, oh my gosh. Yes. I'm very excited. That's amazing. You know who else is attuned with the other side? Who? A special guest that we have today. Yes. My friendly Anne. Gosh. We have a special guest today. I'm so excited. Yeah. And we're we're the golden golden ghouls. (laughs) Oh, okay. Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky with Leanne. Now, we are very excited because Leanne is a good friend of mine. She's a co-worker. I've known her for almost a year, and she has told me little tidbits over the past year of spooky things that have happened to her. So in honor of our 50th episode, we figured we'd try something new and have her on the show. Oh my God. Welcome Leanne. Hi Leanne. Hey y'all. Thank you for having me. Uh, We are so excited. We're so excited. Kylie, take take it away. Kylie's prepared some lovely questions. Yeah. We're probably going to throw some curveballs at Leanne also, so get (laughs) ready, people. You never know. You just never know. All right, Leanne. So, as we mentioned before, you're you're attuned with the other side. And so we're, we're wondering, what was your earliest paranormal experience? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I grew up in a massively holy shit haunted house. And Ooh, so <laughs> there is a plethora there. But um, I want to say my earliest memory was I remember seeing um, shadows in my room and shadows in the hallway after a certain point in the night. And I asked my mom what that was. And cause I was like nine or 10 years old. She's like, you're just crazy. Go to bed. But, um, <laughs> I found out later that she's like, yeah, that there, you were seeing some spooky shit, but <laughs> they were, uh, I don't really know what they were, but she just called them shadows and Shadow they were there the whole way. Yeah. She just called them shadows and she was a purveyor of spooky shit, but she tended to not want to talk about it. So it was, yeah. Really like, they're there, ignore, bye, go to bed. <laughs> so it was like nine or ten that I can remember. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, shadow people can mean no good. So I can imagine not wanting to talk about them further. Yeah, especially if like my daughter was like, oh, I'm starting to see weird stuff. And then if I myself have been experiencing crazy stuff, I'm like, I'm not going to let her know that, yeah, what she's seeing could be real. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Actually, I was, like, listening to a podcast the other day about, like, finding that line of, like, when to tell a child, you know, if something, like, really spooky is happening, you know, like, Mm. when, if you would tell them to protect them or you would tell them to, like, help it avoid, you know? Yeah, she kind of split the difference between the two. She would tell me just enough. And then, like, 20 years later, I'm like, remember that shit that happened in that house, Mom? And she's being like, we don't talk about that, but that was some, in fact, shit. 
(laughs) (laughs) So uh, after we moved out of that house and we moved to Texas and all that, she told me more, but you know. Where was this house, the super haunted one? So if you Google it, I can give you the address or I can give it to Kylie or whatever. But I we memorized it because we lived there for 12 years. But it was in Southern California. And the rumor was it was built on Indian burial grounds, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the, hill, like the burial hills. And so mm-hmm. I watched Poltergeist when I was 14 and that fucked me up. But it's pretty much like Poltergeist minus the chasm in the floor after a point. Yeah. Um, but that's what she said that there were, um, that was the rumor that she found out there were other things but it was southern california in rancho cucamonga we were up on a hill and um the address if you google it is 9123 devon street rancho cucamonga and you google maps has it you know because we checked it out and it's still like as far as i know it's still empty we were (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know if it changed hands but the last time i checked it was still on on the market for sale Oh, damn. People are not touching that place. (laughs) I feel like all of the movies where a haunting is happening, it's like all started from Native Burial Grounds. That's not good news. University of Oklahoma, Native American Burial Grounds. That's why we were protected from the tornadoes. Uh That's a real fact. (laughs) And also, did the movie bring it on? Did it start in Rancho Rancho Cucamonga? Yeah. Yeah. Right? into it yeah wow that's that's just the rumor but like that's that makes sense so we'll accept it as truth we'll put it in in that one but yeah (laughs) that was the earliest one and you could it it looks weird even now (laughs) i'm excited to google later we're gonna post a photo if that's okay yeah someone wants to buy it a listener wants to buy it So, Leanne, you just mentioned that your mom is also sensitive to the other world. And you had told me before um, something about a grandparent um, being really into some type of paranormal subject. So, my grandmother used to, I don't want to call them premonitions, but she had this, like, sense of, like, some shit's going to go down. And it was usually just here or there. She didn't really know about it. Like, oh, I have a feeling about this. I have a gut feeling about this. And then it's like, I think you should do this. My gut tells me to do that. And um, you, you, know, you learn to listen to it, and she learned to listen to it. And sometimes she could avoid, like, I don't really trust that person. I'm going to Google it, and it's like a serial killer or something. Not really, but, like, there was <laughs> – this, she learned to listen to like an inner uh, innate sense that told her not to do things. And she did see spirits, uh, even though she wasn't as familiar as my mom. She's just like, I don't have time for that. Um, and my dad's mother is an actual um, witch, like, uh, you know, the Santeria, the raising of the tables, the <sighs> the stuff yeah. that we don't, we don't truck with on my side of the family. <laughs> That's a do not pass go, do not collect $100. But her favorite trick was to raise tables and then be like, check underneath. Wait, did she do this in front of you ever? Me? No, I don't think my mom allowed me to, but my dad was just like, yeah, my mom for a party trick, whenever she had people over, would just raise the tables. I bet the spirits were fixed. And it was, (laughs) and we're like, do we, do we ask her about it? He's like, fuck no. And she, <laughs> we didn't is visit she, super often. Is she still alive? Yes and no. Uh, my dad <laughs> likes to say, 
Well, she's she's ill. She started to have seizures oh, and everything. Oh. Uh, but my dad likes to say the spirits are catching up with her. Oh, oh my! So, oh, wow. You know, I, and you are you you guys are not close to this day. Uh, my dad and and her name is Donna. We we don't really. I don't mess with Donna, but um, my dad of course <laughs> he sees her every so often. He's friends with um her husband. You know his stepdad, and she's okay, you know, but he says that she doesn't look good and her energy in the house has changed. So he, he says that oh, the spirits oh. are catching up with her. Yeah. And, um, okay. you know, that's on, that's on dad. <laughs> dad can have that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes me feel like you're protected, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is that barrier, uh, with my mom, it's different. Uh, she, she called herself a channeler. You know, I can do that to a degree, but like it was her thing. She had kind of like a precursor to a podcast. She had a group of people that would do research about an area. She would go to the area. They would have um, online, like they had an AIM, you know, like a yeah, yeah, like a forum. <laughs> and they would that do, is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so they had an AIM that they would um, they would do research and exchange information on. And my mom would take this information, you know, this person, if she had photographs, if she had objects or whatever, and she would work and concentrate and, and channel certain people. Uh, there was a couple one was named Sherry and another one was, um, an older one. I don't remember the name of, but Sherry was a constant, uh, person that she referred to whenever she did these things. And do you remember any of the things that they would go do like specifics? So when she started telling me about it, I was about 12 or 13 and she had me start doing, um, a couple of different things that help kind of prepare you for doing that stuff. Uh, the, the goal was to explore the sensitivity to see if there were gifts involved, to see if there were, uh, things that, uh, we could do both my sister and I, because we could see the, the, the spirits in the house. We could see the, uh, the things just beyond the shadow people. And so you would sit, you would, uh, you know, ideally you'd be, you know, quote unquote purified, you'd clean, you'd have, um, clean clothes on, there would be no distractions and you would sit and you would focus and open, uh, kind of open yourself up. Mm-hmm. And the first experiment that they did with me, her and this group was they had me draw photos based on not photos, drawings, uh, based on the names that I was given. I was given a list of names and these were people, real people and dead people. But they said, draw what you see when you focus on this name, draw what you see when you, um, you sit and you meditate on what you are reading. You know, they'll give me words or pictures or what have you. And I would. And I found out later, um, cause I asked him, we called him uncle Jim. He was a fixture in the house. And uncle Jim said that about 80% of the time, if I did this and I was dedicated to it, I could pull up something similar to what it, that to what crazy. these people were. And I, I thought he was just bullshitting me. To be honest. <laughs> there's no, there's no hard proof of what he said, but, uh, they continued to kind of do these experiments and it was sort of a precursor to what I can do now. And, um, yeah, so my mom would do something similar, but like on max level, she would be a a medium. She would channel, she would speak on behalf of the dead. And she also, I guess at one point in her life was baptized for the dead. Like if people, uh, she was in her early twenties, I guess it was before I was born, but she said that was, um, 
one of the things that she would do uh, through, I think, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The Mormons would do that. And so she would go and volunteer to be baptized on their behalf if they were dead before they were able to do it themselves. So she's always oh, kind of wow. had this thing with the dead. There were all kinds yeah. of books about the bereaved, the dead, the dying. Um, I have some of her original um her tarot, her divinity, um, the original cards that she had, all those types of things. <laughs> it's kind of oh, been a fixture. Wow. This is like the coolest. Honestly, I was not expecting all of this. This is no, so cool. <laughs> no. So when when people would come through her, would her voice change at all? Or is that yeah. like not a thing that really happens? It's just for the movies? <laughs> um she spoke very evenly, maybe mm-hmm. a little lower, but it was clear, concentrated. You could not doubt words, but uh-huh. it wasn't mom. You know, most of the time I didn't see it. She had a, like a, an office area, like a room that she would lock. Cause if you, if your kids bother, like, yeah, I want a sandwich, you're not going to be able to, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not right now. Mom's channeling the dead. <laughs> mom's busy. Do something else. Um, but uh, when we got older, she kind of showed us if we asked, you know, mm-hmm. what, what it goes on. And it's just, she, she looks off into space and she's very intense. Like her energy changes, her eyes kind of glass over and she speaks and you can tell it's not her vernacular. It's not her, her, her style. Everybody has their own style of speaking. And so she would just be like, and then she would be like, and it was, I it mean, was clearly different, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't I mean, there was no doubt to you in your mind that, you know, that this was, you know, something she was putting on clearly, you know, your mom better than anyone else. And you know that this was legit. Yeah. Uh, it's Crazy. again, it can be taken with a grain of salt. You can always challenge everything. Maybe she was just fucking with us. You don't know, but it was <laughs> very real in the, yeah, <laughs> it was very real <laughs> in the moment. And it, it is something that you can research on. You can see people do this. And that's what kind of mm-hmm. what cemented it for me. I'm like, is my mom crazy? And then I Google it. I'm like, oh, shit. No, there's a whole group on that. <laughs> I Well, I was watching the Hollywood median show the other night. And when he was, like, talking to families and, like, he, how he would say, like, how he could talk to see the dead, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, be able to talk to them. And so, like, what I was wondering the whole time was when he when he's seeing them, like, how is he seeing them? Like, is it a blank space and just this face pops up and you kind of see that? Like, mm-hmm. how, how, how do you see? Or do you see it as, like, right. their memory? Or, like, are they in the room? Like, how does that, ha- like, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but, like... How do you see them? That's a good and question. See a face. Um, I have had two different experiences with uh, seeing them. I have seen them physically move things in my space, and that that is a piss your pants moment if you're not prepared for it. Let me tell you. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, that, that is, <laughs> and I've seen. Um, I, you kind of have it inside of your 
inside of yourself. It's like almost a mind. I mean, that's cheesy as hell, but it's a mind's eye thing. Um, in my case, maybe some other people actually see things. My little sister has said that she saw a red outline figure of one of our relatives when she was very young. I have never seen them in that capacity, but I have seen real objects move with nobody touching them. I'm getting goosebumps too. And, <laughs> and I have seen them in my mind's eye. And that's usually how it happens. You get a feeling, you get an, an, an inflection and that you can tell that they're in the presence and in the moment with you. And they will kind of, they don't talk per se, although you can hear some auditory things. Sometimes I used to be able to, um, but you draw a fine line. If you start hearing shit and you're not protected or you're not prepared, it, it's bad times. You can accidentally summon and that's not something you want to do at all. Um, <laughs> this is how bad things happen. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how bad things happen. You start working with the chalk and the, and the, the, whatever, which ritual you prefer and it's all over, but just channeling is a little different because you kind of become a megaphone and not necessarily calling anyone to you. You just open yourself up and they mm-hmm. confuse whether or not they want to talk through you. Um, interesting. So, yeah, so it's yeah. like you don't see them, but you do. And then the manifestations right. of like the physical movements that was uh, big ass, heavy red, red velvet curtains just moved out of the way. And I was across the room with my mom and sister. I was like, were we all having a lot of hallucination? Are we all having a stroke at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, a bowl um, in that old house in, on Devon Street uh, picked up and flung itself across the room and hit the wall. And that is horrifying. That was a pants shitting moment. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Yeah. So So, those are the two that I know of. (laughs) Leanne, you mentioned that your mom in a way kind of trained you to be more sensitive, but then also it is clearly in your family on both sides. Do you think it's more like nature versus nurture or a combination of the two that, enable somebody to be a channeler or a medium? Everybody is different and everybody has different gifts. Some can, you know, the, the idea is they can pick it up from objects. Some people can pick it up from energy. Some people can sense a spur, a spur, a person, a spirit person. <laughs> in the room. I like person. Uh, yeah, I love a spurson. Person. <laughs> Some can, some people can sense a spirit or, you know, the, the, the remnants of a person in a room and be like, there's some, there's some stuff in here. All right. Uh, it is a combination of practice and a little bit of kind of a natural curiosity, in my opinion, everybody is different. Um, but I had a, I had a family that, you know, a couple of different people in the same general realm of me had this, uh, uh, this predilection for the, uh, the supernatural and some people, they have to practice really, really hard. It came easier to my sister, for instance, than me, but with Mm -hmm. practice, I became stronger with it and, uh, she let it die. Essentially. It's kind of like any ability. It's, you know, if you're drawing, practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. The main thing is safety. I in the group have seen more than anyone else, I think. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, can I better, can I hone this? Like, can I do more? I yeah. truly believe in that. I mean, they're yeah. here and they're among us. And like, I mean, there's even more than that. Energy is so mm-hmm. real. And yeah. so I just feel like if you tune in, anybody could really 
you know? Yeah. I'm going to need Leanne to be my guide. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Leanne, what would you tell somebody who, you know, is, they realize that they, they are sensitive and perhaps they can expand. Um, Like for example, Alyssa, what advice or direction would you give her in order to, you know, practice and become more sensitive? I would say that it's entirely possible. Uh, My only concern would be to make sure that you are working within what you know you can handle and to work within a position of safety. You don't have to do, you know, Wiccans or pagans. They will make circles and rituals to kind of control whatever they're doing. That's their brand. You don't always have to do that. But know what you are doing. You are poking a metaphysical bear, so to speak. And just because you asked someone to come doesn't mean that you will get that person. And that's uh-huh. where the the line between channeling to talk to someone and accidentally summoning someone are two different things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I encourage you to develop a, a, a system for yourself to meditate, to focus and to be strong in your, in your own self before you just kind of, call them down, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, exactly. possible, but you must be safe about it. And, uh, there's a couple things I was taught when I was younger and it's, it's kind of similar to any other meditation. You find a strong spot within yourself, within your own essence, your soul, whatever it's unshakable. And from there you can empty yourself of any feeling, any emotion, any idea that you're going to get something out of this. You know, they choose when they want to mm-hmm. talk to you or if they want to talk through you. And then uh, after you've emptied yourself, you'll kind of feel something settle on you. And my mom's preferred thing was to be at her, a typewriter, a computer or something. And then she would just type whatever came out, you know, she would ask questions and then type what, whatever would happen. And sometimes it did work and sometimes it wouldn't. And sometimes she got things she said that weren't the person she was expecting. Um, And, you know, honestly, she'd be a better person to tell those particular stories. But um, in my case, it takes a lot of meditation. And, like, I welcome being, you know, a a microphone, if you'd like. I welcome being a vessel for you to speak your truth. And they will sometimes, and sometimes they won't. But you always have to be sure, at the end of the day, you decide when they come and you decide when they go. And you never let them stay for long. Because after a point, they, they might decide they want to stay forever, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. We've heard you know, many, many stories, whether it was listener stories or through our research, when people have had spirits or some type of energy attached to them, or it's just bothering them and they can't get rid of it. And so, you know, hearing what you're saying, you know, maybe some advice for someone who is experiencing that is to you know, meditate and kind of at least try to communicate that they need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was interesting when you were talking about your mom and the typewriter, I felt like a connection to that because growing up, I used to tell my mom, I always felt very spiritual 
and like connected. And I've always believed in like some sort of like higher power. Mm-hmm. And so I always been felt connected to something there. And I, you know, I didn't know what that was, but I just felt it. And every time I would write, I would always think of questions I wanted to ask that atmosphere. The greater power. Yes. That's crazy. And That's awesome. I felt, and I would like meditate there while I was writing. And I still do it today. And I have like five journals now filled back to back papers with just like all of this stuff that I felt like I've asked and like received from somewhere. And of, I mean, of course I don't think it came from myself because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm an idiot down here, you know, but like I do, I believe in that. Like I tuned into like a positive energy and a positive source and got something, you, you know, you can. Um, so cool. there are, uh, I actually, I met a couple of people, they were from Dubai, they were my roommates for a time, and they did similar things to me, but of course in entirely different ways, if that makes any sense. And the word that they came across is a a light being. It's kind of like an angel, but it's not. Um, Mm -hmm. The angel is, of course, the Gnostic religious version of these things, but um, they, they do exist. And if you are asking the universe questions, it could be you had placed yourself in just the right space to have some of those questions answered. Um, I do have one I can speak to kind of regularly. Like it chooses, obviously I call it a little bird cause it's, you know, they rest down on you kind of like on your shoulder. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, they can kind of give you a yes or no. They, they, you kind of feel their answer and you can obviously type it out. But I usually ask this being questions on behalf of other people. And sometimes I get the answer and sometimes I get it's, um, it's kind of like they hit the mute button. They will not answer this question. I cannot speak about this question. I cannot do any of these things. And sometimes it pisses people off. They're just like, why can't you tell me? And I'm like, do I look like deep thought? No. <laughs> You know, you will get this answer in your own time. And it could be that's the kind of, of entity that you spoke to. Um, yeah. They don't always show up for everyone. But if you're sensitive and you have legitimate, I won't say need, but um, like the right kind of energy. I don't know how to say it. Uh, but like, like, like if you were the, 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 the one that was meant to hear it, you will, if that makes sense. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. <laughs> when you're talking about a bird on your shoulder, on your shoulder, I'm picturing a beautiful like bird tattoo right next to your ear on your neck. And I want <laughs> one now. <laughs> it's the best physical so descriptor pretty. you can get, but it is a beautiful. Uh, if you get a chance to speak to uh, you know a light being or whatever they are, I don't know what they are, but if you get a chance to speak to one, they are beautiful and they're meant to help. And especially mm-hmm. if you want to help other people, they're more likely to be drawn to you and mm-hmm. they help, uh, they kind of, they kind of, it's kind of like a, a battery pack, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's so cool. Amazing. Well, hopefully, hopefully that helps. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we have stories from people who say that they've either, they're living in a haunted space or they think that maybe they brought a spirit back with them from somewhere or they have an object that is haunted. What advice would you give 
to people who are experiencing this and feel like they just can't get rid of this negative energy or spirit? There's a couple of different ways that I know that you could do so, but the bottom line is you're the living being, not them. And if it's an object you could do without, the easiest way is to just get rid of the object and then just cleanse your space and cleanse yourself. Um, But if this is an object that you don't want to part with, you could try to purify it a couple of ways. Some folks say like uh, rose water, like holy consecrated rose water from the Catholic Church is one method. Um, Blessed smudging is another. Um, And then there's one where you can just hold on to the object or touch the object and just be like, this is my shit, get out. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's very similar to channeling. You focus yourself, you clear your mind, you meditate, and then you're, you have no power here. You have no right to be here. I am the one who decides, stays in my space. I am the one who decides what stays in this object. and I command you to go. And then you can cleanse it or you can have someone else cleanse it. There's a couple of different ways. But it's mostly, I own this bitch out. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Again, people have different rituals for the same concept. Um, my family likes smudging. Uh, they'll kick everyone out and, and, you know, pets, everybody like go, go have a picnic and then they'll do the house and then they'll leave all the windows and doors open and then they'll go have the picnic with us and then they'll come back. And you do this every, like as soon as you notice something might be kind of there, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can just uh, cleanse it away. Um, if you notice that it's harmless, you can leave it, you know, as long as there's a, um, a baseline set up. Like I lived in Texas growing up, um, in a, in another haunted house, but unlike the first one, this one's, the spirits were harmless. They were very strong. They were attached to the, the house itself. And mm-hmm. the initial move in, was tumultuous. They did not trust us and they tried to make us leave. And that just includes, you know, chasing you up the stairs, moving those big red velvet curtains, um, knocking things down, uh, hearing footsteps walking around. One of them had a very strict curfew. And so you could hear the boots walking in the hallway and it didn't open your door or anything, but all of a sudden you knew that this, this presence was in front of your bed pissed as hell because you were up past curfew and you were a 17 year old kid. It's like I was doodling some anime characters in my book one day and I, it was, it was 11. It was past the curfew. And I'm like, Oh shit. You know? (laughs) And I went to bed. (laughs) Um, It's just like some overlord slash dad spirit. (laughs) He was the the original father of the house. So they're the three beings. There was the grandfather, the father and the brother and the man who owned the house that he was our landlord, but he was also our friend. If that's weird, but whatever it happens in East East Texas, Um, (laughs) he was still alive, but his, 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 brother and his father and his grandfather all weren't, but they had either died in the house or asked to be, you know, spend their palliative care there. So they were bonded to it. And it was, um, his name was Jack Mack and it was Jack, the father who would walk through and tell you to get your ass to bed. Um, (laughs) he also did this one thing with a radio, which was really freaky the first week we were there. Um, what? <laughs> I know you want to know. <laughs> yeah. so the first week we were there, um, it was a lot of the old things, all the old furniture were still there. But the, the Jack Mac 
worked for a radio station in center Texas, which is where I'm originally, you know, from. Uh, and he worked, it was called, uh, the Q 100 radio station. It's something different now. I don't know what it is, but it was center broadcasting and it was an old radio that we had found. And we were just kind of like playing like shitty classic rock just to get, you know, cause we were dusting everything off. This place was huge and ancient. And in the middle of the night, it turned on to that radio station and it was just blasting shitty country. And there were only three people in the whole house. It was me, my, my little sister who was like nine or 10 and my mom and the radio was in the bathroom on the other side of the hall. And we were all in the same room. And it started turning on and blasting shitty country. <laughs> so that's what he liked. That was shitty that country. Was his radio. That was his radio station. Who was letting y'all know? <laughs> and, uh, we all just like snuggled down into the bed. I was just like, nope. I put the blanket over our head and went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell was chasing you up the stairs? Right. Yeah, because that's something like I you always think of when you're running up the stairs. You're like, oh my god, something's chasing me. But to actually see something, I would I would need to be put away. Uh, that, <laughs> we need to go to a mental institution. That thing bothered me and it still bothers me to talk about it. No, it's fine. It's, it's ancient history, you know, and it was a spirit that ended up not being a bad spirit, but we had to have a talk with it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to break an ankle. Damn. Yeah, we were just, they, this particular spirit was, um, the brother, he had died of, cerebral palsy or something like that. Like pretty much he was bed bound. He had a, a good life, but it was a very short one, but he was ridiculed throughout his lifetime um, for, for his condition. Right. And it wasn't that he was stupid. He was just trapped in his own body, but people didn't know the difference at the time. It was like in the sixties or seventies. So, but there is that, there is still that stigma, but in the case of him, um, his name was Douglas, but he was called Dougie and Dougie, um, was afraid of us because we were strangers and, you know, he was the one that moved the curtains and the one that chased us up the stairs, um, which it wasn't like cerebral palsy. Dougie chased us up the stairs just for clarification. It was just like, clearly we were not welcome. Get out. And we ran upstairs to our mother. Um, (laughs) uh, We had to sit down, we lit candles and we just had like a fireside chat with him. And this is, this was during hurricane Rita. So our power was out anyway. It was a perfect time to just do some, do some spooky shit, you know, like <laughs> might as yeah. well, the lights are off. We're bored. Let's do this because it was very, we were all afraid of the storm. And then on top of that, we could feel this presence not wanting us there. And we didn't want to be there at that point either. Cause you know, the, the, we were all trying to die. It was ceiling falling down, all that good stuff. So, um, we just sat down and said, Dougie, we don't mean you any harm. We want to live here. We want to start our new life here. You know, we left California for a better place and we love it here. And we promise to respect it and to respect you. We know that you live here too. And we don't want to hurt you. We don't want to to ridicule you or any of these other things that you may think we are coming with. It's just, it's just a little family trying to do better. And mm-hmm. it, it took some time, but once he realized that we weren't going to hurt him, you know, we made a point. You know, we followed the rules. You know, we went to bed at 10. It was our curfew <laughs> as children, so it was fine. You know, okay. And we didn't do anything bad. And we were kind of, we breathed new life into the space. We painted the walls. Like it had, stand, it had, stand, it had stood empty for quite a while. 
And so Mm -hmm. we were showing that we cared about this place and we wanted to bring more life to it. And eventually he kind of chilled out, you know, and after a point, we lived there for 10 years, they went into a kind of stasis. So they stopped being so present. They, they, even the, the one that would do the, the patrol, um, Jack Mack, they kind of went to sleep and, I don't know if they're still at that space. That house burned down last year, but um, oh. it was awful. We heard about it. Uh, this whole thing. Oh. But um, we don't know if they're still attached to that land or if it was just the, the bones of that house, but they stayed asleep until we left. Um, so it was quite a few years of living with them. And then after a point, I think they just kind of felt at peace and they were able to let us do our thing. If that makes sense. Well, that's a very beautiful story, <laughs> you know, Honestly, I like that you and your family are able to, you know, communicate in a positive way with spirits, whether they're negative or positive. And so that's, you know, that's a benefit of being sensitive or at least channeling your, your own sensitivity to the spirits. You can try. Some of them don't want it and they will tell you so, but. Yeah. It, it I feel like I'm spirit. too anxious for spirits. They're <laughs> like, I do not want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk to this anxious vessel. That's a bag of cats. <laughs> She's already got enough going on. We don't want this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dante's too much. Right. <laughs> so when you're not specifically trying to communicate, how often do you see or hear spirits? Um, you can tune it out. Uh, mm-hmm. sorry, my computer went to sleep and thought I wasn't doing nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, you can tune it out, but it can be a thing. Um, you kind of have a spidey sense after a point, if you've done it for a number of years, I can walk into an un- unknown room or whatever, and I'll sit there and I'll be like, do we got anything in here? No, we're good. Okay. Moving forward. And, um, <laughs> They can go like that, or you can sense it and then ignore it, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, sometimes a thing will try to get your attention, and you're just like, not today, Satan. And then you keep going, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. They only have the power that you let them have over you, and you can choose how you want to deal with them. Um, they may be angry about it, but again, that's, again, the, the inner strength thing comes into play. Um, I could say... I will not go into a cemetery because I know I will feel something. I don't really care for um, buildings that have been built in old neighborhoods because the spirits, just because the building's new doesn't mean the spirits are gone. Uh, True. I just tend to not put myself in situations where I will know I will have to come across something that I'm not prepared to deal with. Um, And if I am going deliberately into a space where there might be um, some activity, I take a, I make a point of, you know, I have a thing that I do. I am prepared. I put on my battle pants just to hold that fortification because something may try to come home with you, you know? Um, yeah. Something may draw energy from you. And that is the main thing that's tiring is that they will fasten onto you as a source of energy. And if you can't shake it, then you're stuck. So, yeah. We've heard about that. (laughs) Yes. So that's, it's not common, but I also don't go out of my way to find it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do people ask you whether it's friends or family members, um, are you known within, you know, your group of friends to be 
someone who is sensitive. And so if they, if someone has an issue, it's like, oh, let's, maybe let's ask Leanne to help us. In college, yes. But once I moved away from Denver and that particular group, uh, not too many people, Kylie is the, really the first one to ask me those questions. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, One of my colleagues that I used to work with knows about it. Uh, He's sensitive in his own right though. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I did some shit. I saw some shit. It's fine. Um, (laughs) In college, I was asked how to do the thing, what to do, uh, where to do it. And honestly, it's very much a personal preference, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, people assume I'm a witch. (laughs) 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 and it's like there's there's some overlap but not really you know it's you know whatever makes them okay with their day Mm -hmm. love it leanne we've learned so much about you (laughs) you know so we don't keep you forever right let's end on oh gosh I know. I, I don't know. There's like, so do you have a favorite experience that you've had or like a really wild experience that people are like, there's no way that's true. Like, um, do you have a go-to story? <laughs> I think my favorite is actually going back to those light beings. And that was in college. It was in the dorms and there were some weird things in those dorms. Anyway, that's another conversation for another day, <laughs> but <laughs> We were talking about those weird things in the dorms, my my friend that I had made, and um, we didn't know each other super well, but it turns out after a couple of deep conversations about the spooky shit in the dorms, she was also not only sensitive, she had what, you know, she called, um, I do not remember the Arabic term for it, but it was the, the light being, right? And she mm-hmm. knew that I had one, and I knew that she had one, but we did not know that the other knew until weeks, <laughs> weeks later after that. Cause I was like, do you, do you know, do you know that there's a thing attached to you? Is it good? Are you all right? And she's like, Holy <laughs> shit. I didn't know anybody else could know this. And it turns out there's a whole plethora of opposite yet very similar lore around light beings for her and for me. And we sat there and it was almost like a stare off between the two. Like you, again, you can perceive, and that was kind of the word that we used to describe it. You could perceive that her light being and mine were very much aware and we're just watching it play out, you know? Um, <laughs> so funny. So cute. I love it. <laughs> so we would discuss this and, and, and overall, if we came across experiences, we were like, what did yours think? What did mine think? Like, I no longer have that almost daily communication with the light being that I would speak to. Um, but you know, we, that was my favorite because it was just such a wild, like almost meat cute of mm-hmm. beings. Um, yeah. They don't have names. At least you can give them one if you want, but they don't really like. It was just kind of a whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! I give my names. <laughs> I feel them. I think there's at least five. I know one is Miranda. 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 That's a yeah. Are they the Sex in the City girls? What are the other? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Charlotte. What's that? <laughs> in my case, I was always told that a name is power, and that's why I try not to. But again, it's everybody is that different. And if you are on a good, strong relationship with the being, then you have that name, and that is perfect. And you can get to them easier. In in our cases, we ask them, and they do what they want. You know. Uh, <laughs> 
That is so cool. And what a way to strengthen a friendship, right? <laughs> like not every day are you able to see each other's life. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Some people get to see, you know, their Pokemon card collection. I got to see her spiritual wow. her spiritual oh, wow. <laughs> That is poetic, but we like, love it. We love it. Ending that the episode on this, I mean Yeah. I'm in love. Yeah. Leanne, we love you. We love your your ability to channel spirits. Thank you so much for coming on the show on our podcast and telling us, hitting us with these facts, with these stories. We love it. I I feel very, I honestly feel very enlightened because I feel like you have just shown me things I've known all along, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. That's part of the fun is being able to help people find it in themselves. Oh, oh, that's funny. Leanne, you're killing us. Yeah, you're killing us. Seriously, we're all like smiles from ear to ear. Oh my God. <laughs> this was the best. Again, thank you so, so, so much. It like means the world to us. Yeah, anytime. Uh, whenever you're whenever you're ready, I'll go ahead and go about my day, feed my cats. <laughs> uh, yes, queen. Yes. See them. They are those queens themselves. Yeah. But Leanne, I will see you tomorrow. Yay! I'll see y'all later. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Leanne. Bye, <laughs> That Shut was up. the coolest Dude. ever. Leanne uh, is the best. That was so cool. I Kylie knew that she was sensitive and that she had sensitive family members, but like I didn't know to what extent. Yeah. And I think honest. my mouth was agape the whole time. <laughs> yeah, truly. I, I honestly took so much in and just mm-hmm. she, her knowledge. I mean, yes. unreal. And I love that she was open with us about everything but then was also saying you know take it with a grain of salt or you know it could you could assume that maybe someone's bullshitting however these are my experiences this is what I believe in like this is what I've experienced so I love that she was keeping it real while also you know giving us the facts of what she's experienced I'm gonna be googling all night how to like hone my crap my my abilities honestly (laughs) I mean for me because like really when her when she said her whole mom and the typewriter thing it just took me to the journal and Mm -hmm. every night before I write I meditate and that's like me honing in on what I think is the Holy Spirit to me my you know my God that I follow yeah in my mind and he speaks to me. Uh-huh. And it's my name for and she's right. I gave power to it so I can draw it in yeah. all the time. And whatever it is, it's it's like I and I'm having goosebumps right now, but I do believe as humans we all kind of have that power. Yeah. So very cool. Wow, that was cool. I hope the people enjoyed it and loved it because I would talk to Leanne all day, every day. Right. She's amazing. If anyone has more questions for Leanne, we can, you know, compile some of them and I'm sure she would love to be a guest again and we can ask her some more, some more cues. Totally. Also let us know if you liked the whole guest thing and we'll (laughs) scrounge some more. Right. That was really fun for me. She was so engaging and like, she's great. So interesting. 50th episode. Wow. 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 I'm in love. That's all I got to say. All right, until next time, stay spooky. Oh, that was good. This is going to be a good night.